Welcome, everyone, to the next installment of the SUS News Podcast Series, where today we're going to share insights and commentary relevant to the global unmanned technologies community. I am your program host, Patrick Egan. Let's say hello and welcome, as we always do, to our co-host, Gene Robinson. Gene. Hello, Patrick. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good. I'm a little. I was a little out of loop. I was down in San Francisco yesterday. We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But yep. uh, I want to launch right in because today we are scheduled to go 30 minutes, a little short, last minute, impromptu. Lots going on, to say the least. This is usually where I would say, "Hey, Gene, uh, you know, any news stories catch your attention this week?" Um, however, <laughs> this show's all news because uh, it looks it like is. there's a. Yeah, I mean, there's just there's tons of stuff going on. Um, I we got, uh, I mean, there's, it's crazy. Anyway, so what I want to do uh, this week's episode is called Musical Chairs, and we will get into why it's called Musical Chairs. Um, but we are going to talk about the following upbeat topics: drone ethics, bands, and regulatory <laughs> musical chairs. And when I started thinking about this podcast. Um, I started to have like a I'm I'm thinking and in my mind I'm I'm rolling back or flashing back to that scene in Monty Python's Life of Brian where they're stoning the old man and they tell him that he's only making it worse for himself and he says how can it get any worse than this uh you think that that kind of um is a good analogy of the of of the current news situation it's- Boy, I think I'd have to agree with that completely because it just seems like the stones keep a coming. They do, they do. It's it's getting kind of crazy. Well, today we don't we don't have any guests as the cat had a schedule conflict and we came up short, so we're gonna have to march on without him. However, I did put it out on Twitter and Google that we want to hear uh, some commentary from the audience, and if time permits, we may take some live calls. Again, short show. Also, I put it out there a little late, um, but you know we'll see what happens with that. And I would have to, if you're gonna call in, I have to urge everyone to remember that this is a family show, so nothing blue. If you're listening to this uh, recorded, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, etc., and you can join the conversation there. Or next time, you may be in the know that we're going to take live callers. But anyway, all of that good stuff aside, um, I think we're gonna we're gonna march right in here, Gene, and I'm gonna start with you. I'm gonna I'm gonna put you in the hot seat, and. We have been talking about this uh, UAS safety study team over the past few weeks, and, you know, we've been blowing the trumpet that, you know, SUS News is going to, you know, help with some of the overhead, and we're all, you know, excited and that you're going to be on this thing and and, and move forward, hopefully. Uh, Maybe you could tell us what's going on with that. Yeah, I think it's interesting, and you're going to have to work awfully hard to make my seat any hotter there, Patrick, but... uh... (laughs) Well, we'll we'll see what we can do here. You know, it's a trend. We thought it was a trend. Back in the day, 2007, 2008, when we were working with the the FAA and trying to work through regulations, and it it seemed that every time we would get a group of managers and people trained that they would be reassigned to, to other areas or they would disappear completely to show up in the private sector somewhere. And we'd have to start all over again with a new group. And and it seemed to be that was 
the norm in, in government, and it may be. But uh, as you know, and, and as you mentioned, you know, there were several of us. Some of our USGS guests that were on were invited as well to the Next Gen Institute's UA safety team. That was just before the holidays. And um, since it is here now, February, I decided to start doing a little digging to see exactly what was going on with that, that particular team because I hadn't heard anything. And I didn't want to think that, you know, maybe I had kind of been gotten on the list or anything like that. But I just wanted to check it out. That never and, happens uh, to you, right? I mean, anytime no, you get it. Okay, least, good. You know, I say. Yeah, we wanted uh, to clear that one up. <laughs> so I started, uh, you know, going back to my contacts. And, and uh, when I contacted the originator of the email with my invitation, uh, it, I got the postmaster's email return notice that it was undeliverable, which was a little surprising, but uh, not unusual. So uh, I sent a few more undeliverable emails and decided to call the numbers that I had available to me, to the Next Gen Institute, and uh, spoke with a young lady there. And the director of that particular team or or position is no longer with them anymore. Shocked. I'm shocked, yes, uh, terribly shocked. And it, it always seems to be the case that if you don't hear anything for a little while, you can bet that something is going on. And we have had something going on with the, the UA proposition since 2007, obviously because once a person gets to the point where they understand the situation, it's time to move them on to Siberia or some other place where they their skills are needed. <laughs> yes, kicked upstairs to some uh, obscure position. There's a lot of that. Or moved into the mushroom cave. You know, there's a lot of folks uh, in the cave. Yeah, you know, um, heaven forbid. I mean, you know, I've found, uh, well, it's been a little bit of my experience that if you're a doer, they don't like doers, but <clears throat> I don't know if that's everywhere in the Fed, uh, let's say, realm. But I do think that that's kind of weird. It's only been a short time. The email's not even happening. I don't have that forwarded to some other person um, that could like uh, take up the, the cause. It's kind of weird. You think that they must have spent some energy, man hours, uh, overhead, into putting this all together, a little bit of thought, yada, yada, yada. I mean, obviously, somebody knew that they were going to take off for another job. I mean, I would think, you know, that, you know, there's you got irons in the fire. One of them's going to come up. Um, so, again, very disappointing. Um, now, when you talk to, um, I know you did get somebody on the phone there. Did, did any, you know, hey, we're going to get back to you in, in this time, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that, or is it just... Nothing no, there. Uh, the, the, actually, the the person that I spoke to was very helpful and uh, uh, you know tried to explain the, the situation to me as judiciously as possible, and said that uh, they would try to gather as much information they could and they would either email me or they would call me back. So, uh, but nothing today. That happened today, this morning. So, um, you know, I will expect that you know within a week I should have something. I think you're optimistic. <laughs> well. You know, that's you. He's that plucky That's kid me. down there in Texas. Indeed. The, the gleam in his eye. All right. Well, 
Yeah, that seems kind of strange, too. You think they would have scrambled and came up with something or shot out an email, hey, this is what's happening. Uh, but, you know, there's no, uh, this shouldn't come as a surprise to most of the folks that are close to the effort. Now, the show is short today because um, it was all kind of a last-minute thing. I, I liked the uh, Know Your Animal Rights show, um, the, the guy going for the exemption show, which kind of leads into the next thing I want to talk about. I thought the exemption thing was good. I'm getting a lot of people asking me, hey, what can I do to help? We want to start lobbying, which we'll talk a little bit more about. But um, I'm telling people, hey, man, uh, write a letter and support the dude in the Federal Register right now. And that is something you can do. It takes 10 minutes of your time. Get cracking. So what have, what have you done about that, Gene? Well, I was so inspired by by Gus's uh, show and and the things that he had made effort to to get into works that I followed his suit. I went ahead and uh, as of yesterday filed my petition for exemption as well. Uh, Gus was kind enough to give me some guidance, and uh, I submitted that uh, with all the appropriate signatures and hopefully all the the categories filled. Now, the time period is from 90 to 120 days. So if we assume that the clock started yesterday, then we should be able to see something going on, you know, by the summer sometime. Of course, uh, the docket number will come probably in the next week or so, and once that starts, then we'll be in the in the queue and the process will begin. But um, I think that if they offer that opportunity to us, we need to take it. And uh, hopefully, if mine gets up there, we can ask our listeners to support ours as well, because ours is for search and rescue and law enforcement, which, uh, as we know from the Q poll, that 80% of the people said that that is an acceptable use for unmanned aircraft. Right. Well, this will be a great saga. You know, we'll have to um, watch it and uh, check in with this one. We'll have multiples going on. Uh, but it'll be good, and hopefully we'll we'll get some action and learn about the process. Now, I, it, it sounds like you ferreted out the email address and the rest for the information, and I'm going to make that assumption because you got it in. But uh, now I had called, like I said, I was going to do. I called uh, over there to the uh, UASIO. That's another thing with the musical chairs, musical acronyms, musical, you know. Um, Offices, musical people, new people coming up to speed. I got to figure this out, yada, yada, yada. Um, anyway, I called over there, and I had asked about uh, getting the information so we could put it out there to our listeners, readers, yada, yada. And, uh, you know, I haven't gotten a call back. But I was also calling about, you know, I, I think I had talked about this a few months ago. I... Uh, well, I think last year, and I did a news story about it on the SES News, and I FOIA'd the uh, progress report. Or no, first it was the job descriptions for the Associate Administrator for Aviation Safety, Ms. Peggy Gilligan, and also the head of the Unmanned Aircraft Program Office, Mr. Rick Prozac. And I uh, wanted to get the job descriptions to see, you know, maybe I... I Thought maybe I was just asking too much. You know, I got to see what they're doing over there, what what they're what's expected of them on their duties, and I had uh, run across uh, some information in there that both of those positions uh, were to write up a progress report for what 
they were doing for the year and and then also a budget and money spent and all the rest of that. And then uh, Mr. Prozek would send that up to Ms. Gilligan and she would add her um, information or whatever she was doing as managing that office and send that up to the administrator at the time, the acting administrator. So I said, well, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to FOIA the progress reports. I'm going to FOIA the budgets. I'm going to see what's going on over there. Because there's, you know, I mean, is it a fair assumption to say, hey, you know, we've been out here uh, since 2005 and I'm waiting to kind of see what's happening. And I don't really feel like there's a lot of action. Do you think that's a fair question to ask, Gene? Well, you know, since we have discovered that one government day is like seven public days or, or individual days, I don't think you've waited long enough. You're probably right. Now, they have statutes and whatnot that, you know, when you do a FOIA request, you have a certain amount of time to turn it around. And, you know, I'm out here waiting. I'm still waiting for one that I did from 2008 for who's got COAs. Uh, nothing there. Had my congressperson look in on that multiple times. Uh, the letters that they send back from the FAA to the congressperson are so. Uh, I mean, I'd be mad if I was a congressperson. I'd be a little upset. Oh, look, you know, uh, I represent several million people over here, and you're treating me like a child. Thanks. So, but whatever. Anyway, I have not gotten the reports, but I am interested in reading the reports and sharing that information with um, with our listeners and the people that visit the news site. Because I think that that information is very relevant. I think we're going to get a lot of insight into what's happened over the past few years, what progress they've made, the data they've collected, the data matrix, um, you know, the different efforts that have been made in the office under the, uh, you know, uh, under their leadership. I know it's changed now to the Unmanned Aircraft Systems Integration Office. And I'll take that stuff, too. I'm interested to see what's happening there, um, you know, and maybe it'll give us uh, some insight into, uh, you know, how the FAA is leading the way. So we're waiting on that. I called in. I haven't got a call back yet. Um, if you're listening, I'm still waiting, and I'm available. you got my cell phone number. i got that with me all the time, wherever I'm at. So I'm, I'm interested to hear back on that. And I know I kind of got long-winded on that, Gene, but I do that. So, the other thing is uh, I went to uh, San Francisco yesterday, and I, I I talked to a reporter from Reuters for about three hours. Good guy. Um, that should be an interesting story. I passed to your number on to him, Gene, and he is interested in speaking with you. And also interested in your book. Yes. Um, you know, when you tell people that, hey, there's this guy out there that's got uh, 10 years of experience or he's, uh, eight, nine years of experience and he's, uh, he's got 10 fines to his credit. He's out been looking for Bigfoot and llamas and all the rest of this and then wrote a book about it. Uh, people take notice. And do you do you find that to, to be the case? Is it is it yeah, like uh, it's, it's getting uh, there is some momentum starting to build. And, you know, I think we've we've discussed, you know, where the book has been kind of tucked away on the Web. And and uh, uh, I was in San Diego here just uh, last week at the AFCEA show. And uh, there was quite a bit of interest in in that as well. And by the way, the AFCEA show is the Armed Forces Communications and Engineering Association. And it is typically a very military-centric sort of, of show. And uh, one of the things that I discovered, I'd been to it in 2009, several years ago, and most of the attendees were in uniform. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, this time I went, you saw very few uniforms. There were a few there, but it was more civilian-based than I had ever seen it. And uh, I know I kind of digressed off of our original question, but I wanted to throw that out there in that there is significantly more civilian interest in this than there was the last time. Mm-hmm. And in that, the segue into that was is that there were many people interested in the search and rescue, search and recovery use of unmanned aircraft. And that's what uh, generated quite a bit of interest in the book while I was there. And uh, I, I did uh, donate a few copies to some of the folks who could potentially use it to, to the best of their ability. So I, I think it was a, it was a good show. It, just, it was definitely down. I mean, there were there were a lot fewer people in attendance because the military presence with the sequestration and the budget cut coming up in, in March really, really cut into the show, I think. Oh yeah, um, I mean, uh, you know, it is like expanded no money, and when I say no money, I'm talking about not even twenty five dollars no money. That's that's down, down the paper clips now, aren't they? Uh, yeah, that's where it came down to, and uh, you know, that's another thing. I've been busy, you know, coming up with ideas for. Uh, you know, looking for, um, for funding, I'm, I'm thinking about you know booking a trip to the Pentagon to uh, check the couch cushions for money. Although somebody's probably doing that today. <laughs> anyway, uh, I do think that's going to be an issue. But, uh, you know, that kind of segues into the next thing I wanted to talk about. And I don't want to really get too political, but I, we do talk about this now and again in the drone ethics thing. And they broke that story. And, um, you know, and it kind of uh, mirrored what, uh, what we've been talking about and what we've been saying about the um, – Kind of public perception thing with the drone strikes and yada yada and weaponizing the drones and everything else. And, you know, I think we all agree when you're supporting the war fighter and, uh, you know, trying to keep people safe, that's all great. Um, you know, I had expressed issues with the ethics of, uh, you know, when when these people are American citizens. And so the story broke, and I read the DOJ memo, and I have to say, you know, and this is me personally. I'm not a lawyer. I don't. I didn't stay at a Holiday Inn or anything else, but I thought the arguments were weak. Um, you know, I don't know, but it, you know, in in any event, with it all, I think it's it's just bad for this industry. Um, you know, especially that bad for the industry, and I think that that segues right into the drone bans. Uh, that we're seeing uh, across the states. Gene, what do you, what do you think? You know, it's, it's a knee-jerk reaction. And before we get into that, Patrick, I think it's interesting that just this morning, you know, when you talk about the, the, the heavy-handed use, and, and this is not particularly heavy-handed, and it was justified, but uh, the hostage situation in Alabama where the young child was being held at a bunker. Mm-hmm. Uh, just this morning, uh, the FBI has alluded to using unmanned aircraft in that situation. Now, this individual was underground. So here we have a situation where they're sending in cameras and they're mapping the bunker and that sort of thing in very clever different ways, but they also alluded to the fact that they had 24-hour aerial surveillance. Mm -hmm. Now, where did did that come from? 24-hour, one would think it would be one of the larger unmanned aircraft, and was it flying under a COA? Was there a TFR in place? Uh, just exactly how did that work? Uh, they also alluded to smaller unmanned aircraft that were being used. 
I find that very interesting. But you know, again, the the the, the happy outcome was is that the child was was uh, retrieved safe, and that situation is over. And really, the sidebar is the, the drone use. But I think it's interesting that those agencies are being able to actively pursue and use those in in those situations, which I think could help us in the in the long run because it shows a positive use and that they they were. I, I'm not sure how they use them, but it is a positive use in those situations. Where right. We have. We have, I, I think the last count was now 19 states that have some sort of anti-drone legislation that they're trying to push forward. Right. Well, and that's, that. you know, that's the point. But I, I do think that, I mean, it is kind of interesting. And, I mean, I, I let out a little chuckle, but it's just ironic that this was an underground situation with unmanned aircraft. But I can see uh, how it would be useful. And I do think it's a positive use. I I just think that, you know, part of the, the ethics thing is raising questions in people's minds and also, uh, you know, so let's say tweaking the privacy issues. And for people, you know, I, I think they're just like, well, you know, they don't understand it. I'm not really interested in it. But I have to say that the advocacy effort and where are the advocates and what is going on here, uh, the the program – is not working. I mean, I, I think it's confirmed today. Waking up, reading the news, whatever's going on, and whoever's advocating and saying they're doing things and they're doing this and yada yada, it's not working. Would you agree? Disagree? Uh, yes, I'd have to agree with you 100%. It's been uh, the, the major players have gone military centric, uh, and there is so many missed PR possibilities that could have been used in the past for positive use that have not been utilized. Uh, it's been such a negative smear of the industry from the get-go that uh, it's just gotten pathetic. Well, it's uh, it's almost like, uh, you know, Mr. Magoo is is driving the, uh, the advocacy mobile or something. I mean, you know, we got it's been a DOD centric thing. They're still, you know, you got them all on the new arc here. You know, they're representing small business. Every time you see, you know, oh, it's a drone. You know, it's a predator. It's a, you know, DOD product. I'm not just outlining or I'm not trying to malign the predator. But I mean, when people talk about drones, that's the picture you see a lot. Um, even the cartoon with the droney. Or no, uh, Blasty, the magic drone, you know, was a predator knockoff. But yeah. the point with that is I've been telling the people for in, the, in this industry for, for years, this is nothing new, four years you got to get the positive uses out there. you got to get, you know, the small business. And even what happened out there at DHS with uh, search and rescue and them using AeroVironment and it being closed to the public, you are just, you're, you know, I, I mean, I don't think you could do any worse. If you want to, like, hey, let's, let's, what do you think? Let's sit around here. I want to, you know what I want to do? I want to stoke up some privacy fears. I want to stoke up some big brother fears. And I want to stoke up some scare. What do we do? Oh, hey, I got a good idea. Let's get yep. a DOD vendor. We're going to get them out here. We're going to say it's for uh, Homeland Security and, and, and law enforcement. And it's going to be something that's been over there used to eyeballing the, uh, you know, the Taliban and taking the Al-Qaeda out. We're going to use it here. We're going to do the demo, and we're not going to invite the public. It'll be great. 
And, uh, you know, they'll be, we'll see, well, I'm sure we'll get a lot of uh, negative feedback out of that. Now, of course, I'm, I'm being facetious and exaggerating here, but I mean, to me, it's a no-brainer. You know, I've even expressed it to people. I left uh, the gentleman at DHS a message on the phone. Hey, you might want to rethink that. I had, and, I'm, and I hate to put you out there on Front Street, Gene, but I used you as an example. I said, <laughs> hey, we got this Gene Robinson guy. He wrote a book. He's been doing search and rescue with unmanned aircraft for eight plus years. You know, I ran through the 10 fines, blah, blah, blah. He's an expert. And we're not talking about made-up expert. This guy's got the time out in the field. And he manufactures a small U.S. And he's not afraid of the public. He would have come out, done the demo, been happy to entertain the media, public, anyone that had any questions. you got nothing to hide, right? Not a thing. Right. Well, the vendor that they chose had proprietary issues and didn't want to share with the public and, you know, again, uh, feeding the flames or stoking the fire of, uh, you know, privacy issues and the Big Brother thing. It yep. makes no sense to me. And again, you know, I, I'm just I'm just some dude out here. I, I don't know. Does this sound uh, alien to you? Is this this is part of my flamethrower thing? Oh, that guy's a flamethrower. You know, uh, to me, they just uh, it's it's pragmatic and makes sense. You want to you want to uh, assuage some of the people's fears, put some daylight on the thing, uh, put some people from the public on the on the arc that's going on now. Somebody from ACLU or that EFF or whatever else, uh, put some daylight on it. Take the scare out of it. Is this a, is that crazy talk, Gene, or do you think I'm on target? Well, the the problem is is sense, common sense. As you say, and it seems like legislatures and lawmakers have lost all grasp of common sense. Now, we talked about the states putting these things on drones or unmanned aircraft and wanting to, to limit their use. Lance Gooden here in Texas, just to give you an example, it's okay if you're flying on public land with a camera and an unmanned aircraft or a small unmanned aircraft, and you take pictures of somebody else's private property, it's okay. But if you're on private property and you take someone else's private property as an image, then you can be fined $1,000 per frame. It doesn't make any difference whether it's video or stills. Well, and I mean, is that just from the air or is that like, you know, me and the kids, we jump out of the car no, and take some snaps? No, oh, it okay. Unmanned aircraft. It's specifically unmanned aircraft. And it stayed so. So, you know, at 60 frames per second high def, you know, that could that could wrap up into some pretty good money. Right. Well, now, you know, so if I want to jump out of the car and take a picture of a tumbleweed on the ground and I get some people's private property, I'm cool. But if That's I okay. choose that, no, no oh, okay. All right. No well, I, you know, I'm just trying to figure it out. You know, it makes sense to me. Sounds pretty knee-jerky, uh, not very well thought out. Um, but again... I think that, uh, you know, what's in the, the uh, media now and all in the knee-jerk and people asking questions and this whole ethics thing is all over the media. Everybody's like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, you know, I, I, including myself, I think it's bizarre. But then again, with all the bans and all the states coming on, uh, I think as a, as a community, uh, you know, you need to step back. You need to think about where you're putting your money. You need to think about what we're doing. And I'm telling you, uh, I, I didn't think it would get this bad, but, man, it's getting bad. 
And I, I, you know, flashing back to the opening, I don't see how it could get much worse. Do you? I think, yeah. I hate to be the the pessimist in this one, but I think it could get worse, Patrick. I really do. It's going to get worse because if you look at the wording in some of these proposed laws, the wording itself is, is so ambiguous and vague and even outright deceptive and wrong. For example, there there are mentions of state-controlled airspace. Well, the state doesn't control airspace. Right. The Federal Aviation Administration controls all airspace in the NAS, which is the National Airspace System. So there yeah. is stuff that is just wrong in these these proposed laws, and I think if any of them should suddenly get passed through a rush session, you will find some very, very onerous and downright draconian statements in there that can be used to cover a lot of things, and they will. They will. Well, I get, you know, like I said, it's confirmation. It's time to change up the game plan, like yesterday. Sitting back and waiting is just not going to do it. Uh, you're probably right. Things have a way of getting worse. Just ask the lobster in the pot. Yeah. <laughs> is that garlic I smell? <laughs> anyway, uh, interesting show. Uh, it went quick because it was only 30 minutes. But, uh, you know, until next week, Gene. Sounds good, Patrick. Have a good one. You too. Bye-bye. <laughs>